0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
1: If you have a lot of student loan debt, and I know a lot of you really do, uh, I need to tell you about this company. It's called Credible.com. Credible.com is an online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from up to 10 different lenders. And so they're basically this great company. They're helping people get out of student loan debt. And if you've got student loan debt, you could really benefit from going to Credible.com. With a lower rate, you could save on interest. You can lower your monthly payment. And with a shorter loan term, you can get debt-free faster. Consolidate all your student loan bills in one place, and it's just this incredible peace of mind that you sorely need. Credible customers have given awesome reviews about how much better their lives have been since refinancing their student loans. On Credible, you see actual pre-qualified rates from up to 10 lenders, and it only takes a couple of minutes to check the rates. So go to Credible.com slash Dan. That's Credible, C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Dan. And when you refinance your student loans via Credible, they'll give you a $200 gift card. Just fill in a couple of pieces of info to check what rates you're eligible for. Again, that is Credible.com slash Dan. Refinance your student loans and start saving.
0: Five-hour
1: energy helps you get through your crazy
0: on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5 you could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.
2: Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. A very handsome vehicle. This is Dan Patrick. Welcome to the program. It's hour two on this Thursday. Dan and the Dan Nets. Dan Patrick Show. I'm still scarred by your conversation with J.J. Watt, Todd.
3: Huh? It's uh It's a little questionable. He sent that playful note. I sent a playful note back, and uh, that's what happened.
2: Yeah, I know, but you what-blocked Paulie because that's his guy. It
3: is his guy, and I had no had no business doing that. I got caught up in the moment when he brought up his ravishing good looks, even though he was being playful and uh, and joking. I felt the need to respond to uh, recognize his handsomeness.
2: <laughs> no, no, you did.
3: Which had absolutely nothing to do with booking him on the show or anything. I was just <laughs> you know. totally out of line and out of place, and I could have just said, okay, we'll look forward to having you on tomorrow, and that could have been the end of it.
4: Yeah, yeah Paulie. Todd does this little thing that you don't even hear or see, Dan, and the listeners and viewers would never see. When a guest calls in, Todd almost always picks up the phone. And there's some very famous people that call in. And, see, you can back me up. So let's say John Smoltz calls in. He's been on the show a hundred times. We like John Smoltz. He briefly went to Michigan State, right? And so Todd will go, Dan Petro, hey, Spartan. He'll say, hey, Spartan, to, to John Smoltz. I will try to work in a nickname or an alumni thing or something
3: playful. You know they're already usually in a good mood and excited to come on with you so there's really no need for me to do that it's not like they call in and they're doing us a big favor or they're in a got a miserable state of mind and I got to cheer them up but I get I get caught up in the moment I'm still kidding the candy store and excited to have on the people that we have on every day and uh, I get a little uh, get a little loose on the old uh, hotline there
2: Thank you Todd you're welcome when Reggie Miller calls in do you say hey Bruin didn't say hey Bruin. I'd said
1: many other things no have what I said, he'll hey, say Bruin? is he'll pick up the phone and go
2: Reggie Miller's office.
1: I'll do that. I'll mix it up. Like, oh, okay. like like Reggie would be calling his own office. Like somehow he misdialed the Dan Patrick show and called his own office. or something. Reggie Miller's office.
2: Do you play it straight with anybody? Not really. Like if Shaq calls you.
3: Shaq's a little intimidated, even though he's like the most playful teddy bear of them all. But... uh I usually like to, you know, have a little fun with them. If it's someone we haven't had on before, I think they have a serious personality. I'm, I'll be all business and say thanks for coming on. I'll let Dan know you're on the line and make it very brief. But if it's uh, a regular. I can't make it brief. I can't. Yeah. I don't know what brief is. <laughs> you do. For you me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you don't even wear briefs. So I don't. you can't even be brief when you need to be brief. Including today. Yes, Paul. As recently as Tuesday, Fritzie said, uh, Happy New Year to somebody who called in.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's February. There's
3: people in my neighborhood that still have their Christmas trees up and, and lights and stuff. Isn't that bizarre? Like by Valentine's Day next week? Like when you, how lazy can you be? Or I know you. we all love Christmas and everything, but when is that time come where it's like, you know what? It's not Christmas anymore.
2: But I don't know how long you – like how long can you go – Before you don't need to say Happy New Year. Because I went into Seven Seas Restaurant last night, and Mike, the bartender, goes, Happy New Year. (laughs) And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, I haven't seen you, so Happy New Year. And, And he hadn't seen me, but it was just kind of odd. Yeah, Paul? I have the rule on this.
4: It's the second Monday in January. So you, you saw people at work that first Monday of January if you were back at work, but the second Monday of January, there's no more Happy New Year. You're back. That's it. It's over. Okay.
1: Yeah, I see. I'm still writing 2019 on everything, I, and sure. then I'm having the internal debate of like, wait, no, 20? I'm like, no, no, okay. this one was just 19. Next one is 20. I, still, I can't keep it
2: straight. Yeah. It's usually it's so a, a week after New Year's where I might say Happy New Year, but usually the only time I say Happy New Year is the the night of Happy New Year. Like, as soon as it turns midnight, you go, Happy New Year, and that's yeah. it. When you're by yourself, yeah, right in the uh, basement. In the basement. smoking <laughs> a cigar up. Wow. Hey, Happy New oh, Year. Happy New Year. Going to bed. <sighs> but I do enjoy my company. I mean, I will say. Your own company. I, yes. Yeah. yes. I I like sitting with just me. You think you're damn funny. I am. I am. You know, and the more I drink, the funnier I Cutting get. Cracking yourself up. I'm just there. Like, my wife will come down into the basement, and I'll be watching something. She won't even say anything. She'll just, like, just breeze right by me. And and that's it. Like, I'm good. She knows I'm good. You know, like, talk today for three hours. I don't need to talk. Love you. That's it. I mean, if I'm knee-deep and extra watching Billy Bush or uh, Entertainment Tonight, there's no need to interrupt me there.
4: I'm good. Who do you make jokes to in Snarky comments just in your head? The cat.
2: Do you do it aloud to the cat? Yeah, I'll talk to Hank, you know, the cat. (laughs) Look, it's a lonely existence, Mm -hmm. but it's the existence I've chosen. I like it. Instead of, you know, because we went to a Super Bowl party. We didn't stay for the Super Bowl. I just said, you know, we'll do a drive-by, and I'll be there for an hour, hour and a half, and then that's it. It got to be like 6.15. Because somebody said uh, to me, the host of the party goes, Oh, man, I'm surprised you're not working today. I go, oh, why? I have to. I got to go. He goes, yeah, I understand that. I'm like, good God, thank you for saying that. Yes, Todd.
3: But unless you're hosting the event in front of millions of people, you can't really go these days to a sporting event without getting inane, you know, questions about things. and you know, Like you're supposed to know who the best middle reliever is on the Royals. You're just asking for trouble, aren't you, hanging out with a bunch of people at a sporting event?
2: I just, wanted, I just want to watch the game.
3: They won't let you, though.
2: Yeah, you can't. You know, it, it's just – I'd rather go home and watch it by myself, have a cigar, and then sit there and have a drink. And that's it. You know, don't have to wait in line for anything. That's good. So, it was my wife was upstairs watching TV, and I was downstairs watching the Super Bowl, and that was fine. We were we were both good.
3: Is the cat a good audience? Like does the cat walk away? If, you know, how do you know if your material's working or you said something clever?
2: Well, they stay awake. You know, <laughs> if he starts to fall asleep, then I realize I'm losing the audience there. Yeah, Paul. You, you, <laughs> you imagine if Todd
4: had a pet and the pet had to see his oh.
2: comments over and over at home. Like even a dog, man's best friend. I don't. I you'd put that to the test.
4: I have desperate attention
3: in any kind of a response. after a couple of the experiences on stage, you know. Todd
2: would be the one
1: showing his belly, waiting to get scratched, <laughs> and trying to teach the dog. ahead, <laughs> no, pet my belly. Switch me behind the ears, something. Come, Come on, on, Skippy. Pet my
5: belly.
2: All righty, uh, welcome to the first weekend without football. And if you're wondering what to do with your time, you're not alone. Football defines our lives in a lot of ways. So now we got to figure out March Madness is right around the corner. So we got to do our uh, college basketball crash course, NBA, NHL playoffs. Now well, they're coming up. Uh, the NFL draft, you got the combine there. Maybe the XFL. XFL gets started uh, this weekend, this Saturday, 11 Yeah, XFL. In fact, Steve Levy is the main voice for the mothership for the XFL. He'll join us coming up, I believe, in the final hour of the show. Maybe you could uh, take a walk with family and friends. Maybe you pick up a hobby. All right, maybe not. Because it still feels like – and the NFL, from what I'm told, would like to extend their season. If you add one more week, another regular season game, and then you add another bye week. So now I've extended it. We'd be having the Super Bowl this weekend, right? Next weekend. Uh So you've extended it. Now you own February. You own, you know, September, October, November, December, January, February. Then you also own, leading up to the draft, also the combine, fallout from the combine. There's... So you'd pretty much be a 10-month out of the year where you'd probably still be the headliner. Yeah, Paulie.
4: Do you guys think if they added a 17th game, they would add a round of playoffs? or Would that be simultaneous? You have to. So that means there's an extra week. So now we're going three more weeks into February. You're looking at February 20th
2: to 25th for the Super Bowl. Well, if you have wildcard weekend, you could still have all those games wildcard weekend. Uh, if, if you wanted to split it up and have, you know, two games on Saturday and two games on Sunday, you could do that as well. But I, I can't imagine adding a 17th game without having something of importance attached to that aside from a paycheck. And the importance is we'll give you another bye week and then we're going to have two more teams make the postseason as wild cards, like something like that. I think you got to be careful that you don't get into what we have with college football, with bowl games. Hey, just go six and six, and you can go to a bowl game. Hey, uh, you you went seven and nine, but you qualify for a wild card berth there. You know that that's where you don't want to water it down too much. But I do think at, there's no reason to have a seventeenth game, other than just greed. That's all. And and hey, greed is good. I get it. You know the players are going to want that money, and uh, the owners we know are going to want it. And I was told that the you know that an owner. Jerry Jones values that extra game, that extra week at a billion dollars. And players are going to say, all right, what do we get out of this? And uh, I certainly understand that. If you'd like to get in touch with the program, I believe we have a poll question, right, McLevin?
5: Yeah, we put in who is the next team after the big three, Clippers, Lakers, and Bucs. 57% say the heat over the Raptors, Celtics, Rockets, and Nuggets.
2: And they're not done yet. You know, if they get Gallinari, who is a guy who can get 20, 18 to 20 a night. He's you know still a not great knockdown shooter. I mean Igudala is a nice player, but in, in my Miami, I'm giving him a, a two year deal for 30 million. All right, and he gives you he gives you experience. You got a young team there. I get it. Uh, I've always liked Justice Winslow, but you know he's been injured, and uh, so Memphis gets him. I think Memphis has done well. And, you know Igudala didn't want to play. All right, we'll send you. And we get a guy who's a younger player, 10 years younger. And I like what Memphis is doing. I think that uh, there's a chance there that uh, over the next couple of years, you're going to look at a playoff team. I don't know if the Lakers do anything. Uh, I had a uh, source tell me that they have to get rid of Kuzma because he's just not mature enough for this big stage. And I went, okay, Brandon Ingram You know, I forget Reggie Miller said he needed to get out of L.A. because he didn't he didn't play well in a big city, and he's flourished in New Orleans. But I don't know if if you're looking at Kyle Kuzma and say, and plus, you know, it feels like there's LeBron doesn't he doesn't fit in with LeBron, and therefore, if you don't fit in with LeBron, then you'll be gone. What can you get for Kyle Kuzma that's going to make you a better team? It's one thing to get rid of somebody, addition by subtraction. I like Kuzma. I don't know if we've seen the ceiling on Kuzma. If he's going to be a great player, he's been a surprising player. But I don't know where he goes now. Yeah,
4: Paul. I got a ton of articles in front of me from last summer with the Davis trade. Kuzma's untouchable. The one guy on the roster you can't trade. Mm. Ingram go, Lonzo Ball go. They wanted they wanted them gone. Nobody wanted to keep Ingram. Yeah. There was, you can't find a lot of people saying Ingram's the one to stay and uh, you know ship everybody else out.
2: Yeah, it feels like Kuzma is the odd man out here, but I just don't know what you want. What you like, Marcus Morris from the Knicks. Like, you want to get an intimidator here? Yeah, yeah, McClellan.
5: I saw the Clippers have an untouchable player that surprised me. That shooting guard, Landry Shamet.
2: Yeah,
5: another Sixers draft pick, by the way. Well, Joe the Knicks are,
2: Knicks are interested in him.
5: Yeah, and well, and the Why did that dude become untouchable? Cl- Clippers said uh, said no to that. That's tr- that struck me as odd because I, I don't think a lot of people know much about him.
2: No, they don't. Uh, but he is a—he's one of those surprising players, you know, a good shooter. This is when I was watching the Clippers before they got Paul George and uh, Kawhi. You're—you were seeing a really good, good young, aggressive team that played hard, um, and that's what I loved about them. That's what I loved about the Nets. You know, the thing with the Clippers is you got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, so now they have moved it to that elite status. Whereas you're still waiting to see if Brooklyn's able to do the same thing. You know, with. Uh, Kyrie and then Kevin Durant eventually, but I thought the Clippers and Nets last year were mirror images of each other. That they were just young players, played hard, never gave up, and were playoff caliber teams. Yeah, club Everybody wants
5: shooting. Everyone wants JJ Redick, untouchable. You yeah. know, a guy like Shamet, and like why? How come our boy Jimmy Fredette's not in today's NBA? I feel like all you have to do to be able to shoot a three pointer and
2: you can make it in today's NBA. Yeah, and they always say, oh, who's he going to guard? I, that drives me crazy when I hear that. Oh, who's he going to guard? Steve Nash. Did anybody say that? Well, who's he going to guard? It's like I I expect my guy might be a little bit better than your guy. You have to you have to guard my guy as well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna win that battle. Oh, who's he going to guard? I don't know who Larry Bird ever guarded. Magic ever guarded? But you know what? Nobody was guarding
4: them. Yeah, Paul. The Jimmer's 30 years old. He's been on. Five NBA teams, he started seven games. They were all his rookie year. His best season, he averaged uh, 5.9 points per game. He just never hit.
2: Yeah, I thought that Golden State would have been great for him. Just get into the flow, bring him off the bench, he'd be able to hit some jumpers there. A couple of phone calls here. Richard Roper, the great uh, movie critic, will join. Is there any drama leading up to the Academy Awards? Because when Fritzie said, do we want a movie critic on to talk about the Academy Awards? I go, I guess. But I don't know if there's any drama. I, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll talk to Richard about the movie that we should see or we we should have seen. And it feels like there's some sneaky movies that, you know, it feels like those are Parasite and Jojo Rabbit are two movies that were, I thought, sneaky great. Yeah, Paul.
4: I, on the plane down to Miami, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I got to see the whole thing because it was a three-hour flight. I, you were completely right. There's, there's a bunch of scenes where they could have cut 25% of the scene out, and it would have been moved faster. I like the filmmaking. I like the, the comedy in it, the the intensity of it. The ending is fantastic and original and campy and fun. I don't think I'm ever going to watch it again. You know what I mean? I, I, I It was interesting the first time. The ending was over-the-top violent and crazy and, and totally a shift of what really happened in that situation. Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna, I, and I appreciate the movie. There's some funny stuff. Yeah, but how many movies do you watch again? A lot, most of them. Really? If, if I think a movie is great, I, I watch. Josh, you know, like well, that's different, different. But um,
2: Rudy is different. Like a I'm, movie like True Romance. Okay, it's kind of a violent uh, movie. La that's La, just, La Land. When's when's the last time you watched that? Never. Saw Moonlight. It. When's the last time you watched that? These if, these movies nowadays, I don't know how many you're going. Boy, I'm always going to be watching. I now, watch, you know what I watch every time it's on
1: though is uh, the
2: Revenant. I watch that every single time it's on. I didn't even
1: watch it all the way through the first time. Oh, my time. God, it's the best. Yeah. Part of it is because I, I like the story. Uh, some of it is just because I like the scenery and the way it's shot. Oh, that I'll give you. That you was know? great. But, yeah, like this stuff you're sitting at home and you can watch it. It's easy. You fall asleep, watching it, whatever.
2: But what is a, a recent movie in the last five years where you love watching that no matter when it's on? Yeah, Paul. You know the movie Get Out? It's never going to be as good as the first time you see it. But when it's
4: on and I see it's on, I'm like, oh, I'm going to. Put that on for a couple minutes. I've never
2: watched it again. I watched it once, thought it was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, But I I have no interest to go, yeah, I'm going to watch that again. Yeah, McLevin.
5: I have a hot take on the nominated movies. Okay. The one that I saw last night that doesn't belong, Ford versus Ferrari, is not to me in the same caliber as. The other movies is that it feels like a mainstream
2: pop movie. It's not a bad. It's picture. it's a good movie, but it's not a memorable movie. I mean, Christian Bale is is, is Christian Bale.
5: Does that deserve to be nominated? A movie like that? Well, or?
2: they can they can nominate up to ten. Is that why we're seeing movies? Yeah, probably. Like that? Yeah, so they they would that they're not a, that's not a top five movie. Yes, Um I'll watch Joker again. For sure. I definitely will. I would watch it up until the final scenes where he's on the talk show with De Niro. Like after that, it took forever for that scene. Ever. I thought it was terrible the way that that was shown. Like you have the drama at the end there, and then nobody rushes the stage where the Joker Joker just did something. And you're going, uh, it just dragged. It dragged. Oh, see, I thought like the tension of it all was Oh, there was tension. Then all of a sudden I'm going,
1: okay, come on, let's go. Let's go. And I want Black Panther. I've seen a bunch of times.
2: Yeah. Yes, Todd.
3: I don't know if it was it wasn't in the last five years, but close enough. But this is forty with Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann. Bad Moms. Those are a couple that I thought were hysterical. But I would, if I happen to come across it, I'll totally leave that on.
2: They, yeah, but like Academy Award nominated movies. Not well. Yes.
5: I think comedies you watch again. I think he has. He's hitting on something. Like I, I watch *Bridesmaids*. It's easier to watch comedies multiple times. Yeah, that, that's why. That's true.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: You know what movie I'm never gonna watch ever 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 again, and I wish that I hadn't seen it, and I don't even know why it was made. Manchester by the Sea. No reason to make that movie. What the hell? I know there's a book. Okay, you wrote the book. That's fine. What the hell did you have to make that movie for? Good God. A little disturbing. (laughs) A whole lot disturbing. There's like nothing good about it, other than like,
2: you know, a performance. Don't be an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, but Casey Affleck won the Academy Award, didn't he? Oh, yeah, it was tremendous. Yeah,
1: but that was another. You know what? Part of it. So the movie was great; it was awesome. But the accents were terrible. Why is it we can't get a Boston accent? I know your hat's
2: broken. My hat's broken too. Like, just stop! Stop doing that. it. It's when it's it, it's people who try to do it. Even people from Boston, when they yeah. try to do a Boston accent, I'm like, no, no, you already have the accent. They got to overdo it. He's from Boston, though, isn't that his accent? But it sounded fake. That that was that was a Michelle
1: Williams anyway. That I was doing. Not oh yeah, but she yeah, and yeah she's he's not from there. Yeah. But but I I don't know what that is about a Boston accent. But watch uh, what's his name? Uh, Goodwill
2: Hunting. Who's Will Hunting? What's that? Matt it's, Damon.
1: Matt Damon. He does the worst Boston. accent. I
2: know. I said the same thing when I watched that. Like it just felt like no, Matt, you have a Boston accent. All you have to do is be around your neighborhood for a week and that accent will come right back and it'll be natural. <laughs> you know, the guys who go over the top, John Krasinski with that uh, commercial, the smart talk <laughs> yeah, yeah, or whatever, funny. like they're, they're going up over their caricature of that accent. But
1: there. when you're Ben Affleck knocking off banks in the town or whatever, and you <laughs> talk about potty and I know and like, what the,
2: it doesn't sound natural. Need that. And they're from there. <laughs> I don't get that. Yeah. <sighs> right, we'll talk to Richard Roper. Uh, Steve Levy from the Mothership will stop by as well. We'll get to your phone calls. Yes, Paulie. I, I like movies where they just don't care about it. What, what's the movie?
4: Uh, what's the movie with the submarine movie with uh, Hunt for Red October? Yeah, they're all speaking English. The entire Russian oh army speaking English the entire movie. And one of the guys has a Scottish accent. connery has got a Scottish accent. He's an like, actor. Let's just all speak English.
2: Screw it. Nobody cares. Subtitles. Nobody wants subtitles. What's that movie? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think what it is. Oh, uh, um, the Steve Buscemi Stalin movie. Oh, the one you loved, you liked last oh, year. De- not the pra- death of Stalin or praying
5: for Stalin or something like that. Yeah, b-
2: but they they just had English accents, like they just had regular accents. They didn't try to be Russian in that. Uh, what's the name of that movie?
5: The death of Stalin. Death
2: you of Stalin. It. Yeah, which is it's a funny movie. But they just have regular accents, and they're Russian. What was
1: the one uh, that you always do the? Uh, this is our darkest
2: hour. Oh, that was uh, <laughs> that was that was
1: What's the Winston, that? Winston
2: Churchill movie. Yeah.
1: Is, that,
5: that, is it called "Darkest
2: Hour"? Or "Finest
1: Hour"? No. <laughs> this is
0: our darkest hour.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gary. <laughs> He's got his cigar, and he's in front of everybody. (laughs) Flopping around in the bath. Oh, I know. It's called Darkest Hour. All right, we'll take a break. 21 after the hour, we'll get to your phone calls. Coming up, here on the Dan Patrick Show.
4: Hey, it's Paulie Paps from the Dan Patrick Show. We've got an awesome podcast to tell you about today. It's the big podcast with Shaq. Of course, it's big. Tune in every week as Shaq and his crew cover sports, entertainment, and a lot more with Shaq. That's the only way the diesel does it. The show is full of laughs and amazing stories. Stay tuned to the end of this episode from a great clip from the big podcast with Shaq. Then be sure to subscribe on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast listening apps so you don't miss an episode.
5: Five-hour
0: energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life.
2: We have a couple of them that we're going to uh, play. Let me see if I have one. Uh, It might take a little bit of time to find the Meat Friday songs. Here is uh, Ben in Michigan with his uh, entrance with uh, a Meat Friday song.
3: I'm chocolate But well, if you want gravy This is what I'll give you A little bit of beef Mixed with some hot pickles Some tacos That'll jumpstart My boss quicker than a shot of pops off it's impossible. possible I'm gonna swap my shorts out And stop the cravings But I'm buying all this meat With these Costco sandwiches You hey, waited a year So stop debating Venice back He's on his rest And not complaining Grill shots Now my meat menace That's just crazy My son was hotter Than the song That was Tregulating
2: That's great. Ben did Tregulators last year. That's Ben in Michigan, I think. Yeah, Paulie. I don't know how, but I would love to get Eminem
4: to cover that song. I mean, I don't Mm. know. He seems to have time. Mm. Can we reach out to him to
2: be your permission? Uh, Two days. Who did Tregulators? Oh, Kenny in Los Angeles did Tregulators. Okay. But Ben did a song. What did Ben do then? Two days. going to have to find out.
1: That's why he did like a Guess Who's Back. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I thought.
2: Yeah. Tregulators was great. Yeah, Tregulators was fantastic. I had a couple of phone calls, then Richard Roper, the great movie movie critic Chicago Sun-Times, will join us. Alex in Cincinnati. Hi, Alex. What do you have for me today?
1: Hey, Dan, 510-170. Hey, uh, I just wanted to weigh in on the borough stuff real quick, hopefully put it to rest for a while since we've got 78 long, grueling days until the draft. <laughs> um, I think you're reading – A little bit too much into Burrow's comments. I thought he answered the question uh, perfectly. Had he said, you know, you can't wait to play for the Bengals or you being the best interviewer in the business there, you would immediately ask him, like, why? Um, You know, he probably would have backed himself into a corner. Um, So he avoided that. But but Alex, how do
2: you explain this, though? Just how do you explain this that uh, you got Carson Palmer, whose brother Jordan Palmer is training Joe Burrow? Carson Palmer said the Bengals weren't serious about winning Super Bowls. And Joe said he wanted to go number one and a place committed to winning Super Bowls, right? So he said that. Former Bengals wide receiver T.J. Hushmanzada, also working with Joe Burrow, said that uh, the Bengals should strongly consider any gigantic trade offers that they might get. Feels like there's just something there. I, You know, I'm, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I don't want to read into this and put words in his mouth, but... I I understand if they're keeping their options open. I think that's smart for Joe and his, you know, reps and his family to do. He's not making any demands, Alex. It just feels like he is keeping his options open and you're close to it. You're a Bengal fan. You live in Cincinnati. I'm removed from it. All I do is ask the questions and listen to the answers. And even his dad's saying, you know, when his dad sent that uh, text to uh, Fox 19, um, Not sure where that information is coming from. Jimmy Burrow said, we're all excited Joe has put himself in a position to be considered as a possible high draft choice. Okay. He didn't say anything about the Bengals. He just wants to be a high draft choice there. And that's why, if I'm reading something into it, I hope Joe Burrow goes to Cincinnati. I don't blame him if he's keeping his options open. But thank you, Alex. Yes, Stephen. Part of it does feel like the media wants him to trade out.
1: Maybe. It would be a way more fun story. If the media, if he did trade out of that pick, so there's sort of like a, almost like the tail wagging the dog, like I think he should trade out of this pick, so that's why we're reading into, oh, wait, what did he just say? See, he is going to trade out. He does want to trade out of that.
2: It's sort of like what we want him to do. If he says, I want to go number one, and that means going to Cincinnati, and I'm excited about that opportunity. But then does that? But then he's
1: saying, what happens if the Dolphins trade up to number one to go get him? Now he doesn't want to play for the Dolphins because he wanted
2: to play for Cincinnati? No, he's you know keeping I mean? his options open. Yeah. But I, I, I don't necessarily give him the benefit of the doubt because Carson Palmer is working with Jordan Palmer. Carson said that they don't want to win Super Bowls. And he quit the Bengals. And then you got T.J. Zada. They should strongly consider, you know, looking at a big a package deal. These are the people who are with Joe Burrow. Those aren't good comments there. So... Uh, Richard Roper, Chicago Sun-Times nationally syndicated columnist, movie critic, and his new podcast, The Best Movies, ongoing series with various episodes, including a six-part series on the best movies of the decade, upcoming series on the best James Bond movies. Follow him on Twitter, at Richard E. Roper. Hi, Richard. Dan, always good to talk to you. How you doing? I'm great. Give me the movie in the last five years, Academy Award-nominated movie that you would watch over and over?
5: Oh, wow.
6: Last five years, over and over. My, my, <laughs> my first thought is the movie I never want to see again, which would be Bohemian Rhapsody. Being a critic, of course, I always go in the opposite direction. Uh, when we talk about repeatability, I'd say the movie in the last five years that I'd watched over and over is a movie from 2019, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's the type of movie you can, you know, you can drop in any time. It's like a Scorsese film, you know, a good fellas, anything like that. Any moment of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a brilliant scene.
2: Why did Tarantino continue to drag out all of the scenes?
6: Well, I, I think when you got a good thing going, you keep going with it. That's sort of like asking why did uh, Led Zeppelin make Stairway to Heaven, eight and a half minutes. I like that pacing, Dan, and I know with, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and certainly with The Irishman, some people get a little fidgety, because the scenes don't cut like normal movies do, or I should say typical movies do these days. I like it when a movie gives a scene a chance to breathe.
2: I'll give you that, because you got a lot... You could have cut that movie by 30 minutes, and nobody would have missed anything there. Um, and look, he's a brilliant filmmaker, and I always you know, love to watch what he does, and the craft that he has with it, but it just felt like there were there was a scene that you go, okay, then it ends, or it should end. And then all of a sudden it continues. The little girl talks to Leonardo DiCaprio, and then it goes on and on and on. I go, all right. but um, and, and Brad Pitt's probably winning an Academy Award, right?
6: He's definitely going to win, Dan. And, you know, here's the thing with Brad Pitt. Uh, out of the supporting actor nominees this year, he's the only one that doesn't have an acting a uh, victory, an acting Oscar, and, and he's really, really good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. As you know, it's really a co-lead. You know, he and Leo are co-leads in the movie. They put Leo up for lead and then Brad up for supporting, but he's a popular guy. He's a guy everyone likes to work with, and I thought it was actually kind of a perfect marriage between a guy's on-screen persona and the role that Tarantino clearly intended for Brad Pitt to have.
2: He was funny. And I, I think that sometimes when you see somebody not playing to what you think their character is, that's why he stood out. Like he had a, you know, he, he's sort of a, a goofy guy. And he is a, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. He is a goofy guy. He's a guy,
6: you know, the DiCaprio character, these guys are in parallel paths in their lives. DiCaprio's character feels like his B-level career as an actor is coming to an end, whereas Brad Pitt has long come to terms with the fact that he was never going to be a star He's just a stuntman turned glorified gopher, and he's okay with that. He's going to enjoy life. He's going to have a beer. He's going to meet women, and, and just have a good time.
2: Well, uh, my my guys are kind of split on the Irishman. Uh, I I got bored by it. Well, listen, I you know I hear this from people a
6: lot, Dan, and I you know I you know people were very intimidated by the running time. It does have a certain deliberate pace, you know. As someone who sees 350 movies a year, and so many of them are cut to appeal to the attention deficit disorder generation, and they move it exactly <laughs> the same. You know, and they move it exactly the You're same. You're right. You're I know, right. I know. I know exactly when they're going to cut to the next scene, Dan. I know how they're going to use the visual punchline, and I like it. And I, you know, listen. I understand what people are saying, but when people say to me, "Hey, listen, man, I, I can't watch The Irishman in one sitting," I'm like but you'll binge watch all six seasons of Schitt's Creek without ever getting out of bed. Or you'll watch six NCAA basketball games on a February on Saturday without saying it's too long. So it's all a matter of what you're interested in seeing. Yeah,
2: but Schitt's Creek is better than the Irishman, though. How dare
6: you? There's a quote quote for the DVD box collection.
2: (laughs) Uh, Here are the two best movies this year. You ready? I'm ready. Parasite. And Jojo Rabbit.
6: Well, I'm not going to disagree with either one of those. And it's interesting. You pick, you, know, you, you pick two films that are way outside the norm, obviously Parasite being a foreign language film and really having some great stuff. And then Jojo Rabbit, in this era, we, you know, we talk about everybody being politically correct and afraid to take chances. And here's a movie about a 10-year-old boy with Hitler as, a, as an imaginary friend. Talk about a bold move. I, I love both of those films.
2: Yeah, I just thought, and and I think Scarlett Johansson has had an unbelievable year. Um, you know, I, I loved her more than uh, Adam Driver in uh, Marriage Story. I, th- I thought she was spectacular in there. But
6: uh, it, Yeah, she was she was great. And, you know, it's interesting, too. She's never been nominated for an Oscar before, and now she's got the, you know, the Daily Doubles, lead actress and supporting actors. I think a lot of people thought, oh, she must have been nominated for Lost in Translation. But, no, she never was nominated until this year.
2: She was great in Lost in Translation. But, you know, Bill Burry's character was so big that I'm surprised she wasn't nominated as Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, I think most people just assume that she had been.
6: And you mentioned Jojo Rabbit. What I loved about her performance there, Dan, was Scarlett is often played, you know, she plays the Black Widow or she plays these kind of almost ice queens. And then Jojo Rabbit, she's a mom. She's a mother in the most trying of circumstances. And I thought it was her warmest and most empathetic performance.
2: The, look, okay. So who wins? Best movie is going to be.
6: It's going to be 1917, but Parasite and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood still have an outside shot.
2: Okay. Best actor.
6: Joaquin Phoenix for sure. He's he's your mortal lock. You know he's like uh, you know Lamar Jackson for MVP this year. It was a foregone conclusion, and he should win.
2: It's a great performance. I hated the ending of that movie, though. Yeah, I, the talk I show thing with De Niro, I, I I it just dragged and and it you had so much tension and you knew what that something was going to happen there, but it just took forever. And I you know, I was okay with the very end with the total anarchy, but the talk show portion of that, I was I was bored. And De Niro didn't even seem like he was the right person for that role.
6: It's <laughs> you know, it's a polarizing film and you know, De Niro, I think it was a double-edged sword there because So much of that film was clearly based on Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, which are two obvious, you know, huge De Niro films. So the casting felt a little bit like sun casting. You know, I I see what you mean. It kind of took you out of the movie a little bit.
2: I just thought that the the, Joaquin Phoenix is wonderful in there. I don't know why he had to show that he lost all this weight or he's really skinny because it's not like that had anything to do with his role. But he takes off his shirt or he has his shirt off one time. You go, uh, it's not like you're – putting, you know, this isn't Raging Bull here or something. It had nothing to do with his character.
6: Yeah, I'm over all of the uh, radical weight gains and losses. When we And then we get the inevitable stories from the beautiful actress or the hunky dude talking about what a sacrifice they made. And, you know, this classic quote that Lawrence Olivier gave to Dustin Hoffman on the set of Marathon, man, when he told her, why don't
2: you try acting? It's so much easier. <laughs> uh, so the best supporting is going to be Brad Pitt. Uh, best actor, uh, you already said, best, uh, 14. Yeah, best
6: actress. Uh, you, Renee Zellweger for Judy. Which I, was no, no, I, I thought I she won
2: it. I thought I went to see it. There mm-hmm. is a scene at the very end where I thought she was her. I thought that she had actually become her. And it's, you know, at the very end when she's melting down and she wants her last, one last chance on stage. I, I thought that she was great in a movie that I didn't think was great.
6: Yeah, you know, that's exactly right, because it doesn't have any other nominations in any other categories. I think it's a classic example of how much Hollywood loves itself and loves <laughs> biopics about itself. So she's going to win. I, I didn't love the performance, honestly. Okay. I thought it was a good impersonation,
2: not a great performance. The movie in 2020 that we should definitely see.
6: Well, there's a lot of great stuff coming out uh, right now, you know, in the in the near horizon. And I have another uh,
2: Sandler movie coming yeah. out in 2020. I just want to go let ahead. you know. Go I, I played Did Sandler get jobbed here?
6: Yes, first of all, he did. I, I thought it was a great performance. I also thought that Kevin Garnett, playing a stylized version of Kevin Garnett, gave one of the best performances an athlete has ever given in a movie. Wasn't he terrific? I mean, yes. there's something about him. I mean, he's so menacing as he has been on court a lot of times, you know, as a player. But you know, very dark, wicked sense of humor. I think that movie deserved multiple Oscar nominations. Okay, but,
2: but your best the, screenplay, the best, best director. Yeah. The, the best acting by an athlete in a movie is who? Gosh, I mean,
6: you mean ever any athlete?
2: Yeah, yeah I'm, know, just, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm,
6: I'm, you know, riffling through and rifling through all of you. I mean, it depends on who we call. You know, who who was a, Who was really an athlete? Because a lot of these guys played a little college ball, like you know, Burt Reynolds and and Chris Christopherson and, and people like that. It, you get to a certain point where you know, are they considered more actors or athletes? And I, you know, I, I don't know. Honestly, off the top of my head, I can't tell you who I think is the absolute best performance by an athlete.
2: Kareem was pretty good. Kareem was pretty good in Airplane.
6: Cream is good, you know those roles. Cream is good, but you know I mean those roles are 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 served up though. You know, Dan, I mean it's it's when you see again, you know, you see somebody like you know uh, Garnett who's actually asked to play something and actually you know uh, really a participant in the film and not a glorified cameo. I'm more impressed by that.
2: It's great to talk to you, Richard. Thanks for joining us as always, and uh, love to have you back on again.
6: I'd love to come on again, Dan. And just one last aside, you realize with your movie critiques, you're starting to sound like the dad in the back row of the theater. You do realize that at this point, right? You know?
2: They're too long! Get to the point! Well, wait a minute. But I just gave you Parasite <laughs> and Jojo Rabbit. That's not the dad. That's cutting-edge movie critic right, there. That, that, that that, right there. that was
6: your redeeming moment. redeeming moment.
2: I am Gene <laughs> Shalit with a jump shot is what I am. There's another quote for somebody to eat <laughs> hey, Thank you, Richard. That's Richard Roper, Chicago Sun-Times. You can follow him on at Richard E. Roper. Take a break. We'll come back and uh, discuss a little bit more with the movies. And your phone calls coming up. Dan Patrick Show.
3: Hey, listeners. Just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com. Clicking on the support this podcast button and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and of course, supporting. And now back to the show.
6: Five-hour
0: energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life.
2: CAA player agent Leon Rose as the franchise's next president. So They're uh, taking a piece. Of, well, I, the Knicks were going to follow what the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors did by hiring a uh, agent here. Knicks adopting the model that uh, has gained uh, popularity with the success of the Warriors and Lakers. Uh, Leon Rose has been a top agent in basketball for years. Clients include Joel Embiid, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, and Carmelo Anthony. So the uh, Knicks have a new president there. Kurt Warner's movie is finally being greenlit. I just saw that where uh, he goes from uh, working at a supermarket stocking shelves to Arena League to then winning a Super Bowl. Yes, Paul.
4: Yeah, uh, Lionsgate is doing it. It's December 18th release, American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. The script is almost done. It's the same people who put together the Friday Night Lights movie, which did very well in the mm-hmm. thing. So we're discussing over here, who would you cast as Kurt Warner? Now, a couple of caveats. Is it Kurt Warner at 22, 23 years old, Arena League? Is it Kurt Warner with the Cardinals? Is that, are you covering both eras, or is it just the early days, how he got to the NFL? Well,
2: it? I think working in a supermarket is the interesting part of so it. So the 23-year-old Kurt Warner? yeah. Well, you're probably going to have to get – I don't know if you get two different versions of Kurt Warner or you get somebody that you can just age where you got somebody at 23 and then somebody at 30, 33. Yes. Yeah, I have an older and younger.
1: Okay. Um, but even the older one, the guy that I immediately popped into my head is still too old. Okay. But maybe he plays his dad or something. I feel like Kurt Russell has to be in this movie. Kurt Russell? Good call. Yes. He needs to be in this movie. Okay. But then young uh, – the younger version
4: uh, – Andrew, who's the guy who played Captain America – Chris Evans. Chris Evans. That's pretty good. That guy. Oh wow. That was my pick too. Chris Evans. Good hair. Good shape. Uh, he's 38 years old, but a young-looking guy. He could probably pass. But can he pass? They got a
2: year to work on that. Can he throw the ball? Yes, Todd.
3: Yeah, some different stories have Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, Miles Teller is even in the mix to okay. uh, look at different stories. Who's going to
2: play Brenda Warner? Ooh.
3: Pink. Pink. I did see that as one of the options. Oh,
2: he has short hair. Pink.
1: Now, who's I that they? girl that's in uh, Suicide Squad that everybody loves? Margot Margo Robbie? Margot Robbie. Margo Robbie. Yeah. and <laughs> Margot Robbie do it.
2: Shave her head.
5: Yes, McLevin. You know who looks like Warner is Jim Caviezel from Passion of Christ. And then you get the whole religion thing in, too. But, but he's
2: a little too old to play. A little too old.
5: Caviezel is. Yeah. if He yeah he could play the 48-year-old Kurt Warner. Who's now, he's 48 now, I believe.
2: Hmm. Okay. That's not bad.
5: Chris Evans? He doesn't strike me as athletic
1: enough to play a quarterback. I don't know what I'm based He oh. Seems like a big dude. Like a big star or a big guy? Um, Like not too big of a star where you're like, that's he can't do it. But he's uh, he seems like he's really cut. He's like in really good shape. Mm. He looks like an athlete
4: to me. Mm.
2: Yeah. Are people do, do Is this going to go to
4: the theaters or is this like a hallmark? Oh, no, this is the real deal. Lionsgate, this is a movie movie. Really? Yeah. Are we Are we anxious to see this? A montage scene in a, in a you
2: know, grocery store? That's gold. Yeah, I don't, I
4: don't know.
2: There are times when somebody makes a movie out of something, and I'll go, nobody's going to go see that. And then you go, oh, boy.
1: Do you think they're going to do something cheesy where he's got, like, a can of beans and he, like,
2: throws it on oh, yeah. the shelf? Yeah. Perfect spiral. <laughs> hits the open hole. <laughs> Bang. And then somebody's going to go, you should be playing football. <laughs> Final hour coming up here. Dan in the Dan That's Dan Patrick Show.
4: As promised, here's a clip from the big podcast with Shaq. What is
7: going on All with right, Dion so, Waiters? Yeah, that's
4: Dion Waiters uh, had what was initially
7: I have a ruled the name of Okay, go for it. I have a confession. You've had a weed gummy? Do you want a No, a friend of mine, he's a big guy, so he, he took one. He didn't feel nothing, so he proceeds to eat the whole bag. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so All I right, think... Well, uh, that's stupid. But hold on. But you hearing, got a big, stupid-ass friend. But hold on. I'm hearing that's what neon uh, uh, did. I'm not sure. Reportedly. Yeah, reportedly. Allegedly. But yeah, Allegedly. But, they feel like, yeah but, but they feel like he ate a whole bag. Man, man, popped them things like Skittles. Yeah, he,
1: he was, I mean, he you're was on the flight from Phoenix to L.A., he reportedly overdosed
5: on weed gummies, was okay, passed but hold out on, on the plane, on, on. And had a seizure when he
7: woke up. Come on. You know that You know they check. Your, well, I got a question. Do those, do those weed gummies smell like weed? No, no, they, okay. smell, no. no they smell. No, they smell like. Okay, okay. Was was The flight from LA to Phoenix.
3: You're in the. You're minutes. in the air. What? You're in the air. Twenty yeah. minutes.
7: Yeah, thirty minutes.
3: How many, as B Dog said, I think he got to the bottom of this thing. What did you do? Did you eat the, just chug the bag down? Yeah,
7: he did. Like
3: seriously, heard. like like Shaq with the new double stuff when they come in? I mean, it's like, you know, he ate a little too much.
7: So you think they, uh, I, I heard David Stern, by the way, I just read the, the, the top part. I the going to read the whole thing. He said, because, and a lot of people feel this way, they're, they're giving us opioids. They're giving us painkillers and all this stuff. Should they just legalize marijuana? Wait a
3: minute, you just said
0: something. They're giving you. Who yes. is they?
7: Oh, they is the team doctor. Okay, buddy.
3: okay. If the oh, team, yeah. if it's, it, yeah, it, there's a big Listen. difference between no. a a citizen who doesn't know. First of all, it. what is Good in point. the gummies? Yeah, they're not
5: regulated. Well, it's not regulated. So you got these from a teammate, but no, refused uh-huh.
7: to snitch on who it was. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm asking though. No. Should they just legalize this think? No, what? no, oh. because you know, because you know why. It's already legal. Like ten it's already legal. I I
3: more I than that. More yeah. than I think, like nineteen. Is it I'm, that
7: many? Well, I'm talking. Should they take it off the NBA drug list then?
3: I would take it off the NBA drug list, but yeah. only in the cities where, in the states where it's legal.
0: <laughs> Five Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life.